Hello and welcome to the Sussex Tell Teaching with Tech podcast, episode three of season two. So my name is Tab Betts and we're coming to you from Technology Enhanced Learning at the University of Sussex. In our last episode, we talked to Simon Tweddle about team-based learning. And before that, we had an episode that was about object-based learning, where I talked to Maria Kukareva. Um, so it's definitely worth checking those out if you're interested in either of those two pedagogical styles. But today's episode, I'm going to be talking to Professor Lynn Murphy about some really interesting things that she was doing with some linguistics students. And I've also got Dr. Paolo Brando, who did a project on some of this teaching that Lynn was doing. So let's get started. First of all, could you both briefly introduce yourselves and talk about what you do? I'm Lynn Murphy. I'm teaching English Language and Linguistics program at Sussex. And my own specialty is words, word meaning how words are structured in the mind. So that's what I'm teaching about here. Hi, uh, yeah, I'm Paolo Oprandi, and I'm an e-learning developer currently, but moving to Tell shortly. And I did a doctorate where I did a case study with a course or module that Lynn developed. Lynn was actually uh, on maternity leave when I did the case study, so I did it with another uh, lecturer talking to her, and I got some interesting results. Great, okay. So let's jump in and I guess talk about that. So what was the teaching learning approach or the case study that you wanted to share with us today? So we're talking about a first year module, first term module. So it's their introduction to learning at the university level in English language and linguistics. And this module takes half their time in their first term. So it's it's double weighted. And we give it that weight because we want this to both be an introduction to linguistics, but also an introduction to university practice. So write, academic writing, presenting, and all those sorts of things. So the final assessment for the module is a portfolio to which the students contribute two essays, a presentation, and a participation package. Um, and we've just started using Mahara to submit that. Before that, they were having to do it on paper because there were so many different elements. Um, but for each of the pieces of work, except for necessarily the, the participation part, what they're doing is they've got, been assigned or they've chosen a word and they take that word through the term. So the term has to cover a lot of really diverse information about the psychology of language, the sociology of language, the structure of language, and they take their word through each, each week of that learning, the history of language, um, and, and then get to choose from a large pack of maybe 15 different possibilities for what directions they could develop their work in. They choose three of those, or actually they have one chosen for them for the presentation. They choose two for the essays. They write the essays twice with feedback, and then in the end they submit all of that work as part of their portfolio. And it's um, assessed both on what work they've produced, but also whether they've progressed through the term and um, the degree to which they can now be said to be an expert on that word. Okay, so that's really interesting. So basically, you're kind of giving each of them a unique topic to focus on. Mm. 
and allowing them to kind of develop that and giving them suggestions about different directions that yeah. they can take it. And so since different weeks do different things and different words are interesting in different ways, not every student will be able to write an entire essay on every topic. So part of what they have to learn about is how to assess what's an interesting topic for their word and how to, to go about finding that out. And that way you get to develop a lot of those kind of higher order critical mm. thinking skills as well, right? Um, yeah, and, and so that could be applicable to other subjects too, right? So anyone could, teaching another subject, could mm. pick like a sub, you know, yeah. element of that or subtopic yeah. and give it to the students to In my school, develop. that's now been adopted for a few other linguistics courses. So oh. there's a typology course where people adopt a language and there's a grammar course in which people adopt a grammar. And I, thinking back, I realized that I did similar things um, when I was teaching in the English department in the States where I taught a bibliography course and everybody had to adopt an obscure author, you know. And so there were weeks when some people were, some people's work was more at the forefront than others, and, but we developed it all together. Oh, that's a great idea as well. I like that, that idea of, you know, adopting a particular obscure author and then becoming a little expert mm. on that particular area yeah that's that's really nice yeah so is there a, a kind of particular activity or moment from the teaching which you thought was particularly effective or any like particular benefits of that approach well I think the benefit of the approach is that because we want to cover a lot of disciplinary ground during the term it can it, it would feel if we weren't doing it this way it would feel like oh, this week we're doing this thing, and this week we're doing that thing, and it's hard to see how they're connected. Um, but since they've got one thing that they're taking through the term, they've got a nice string of developing ideas about one thing while they're learning about a lot of different methodologies, a lot of different um, theoretical approaches, etc. Right, so it actually gives them that kind of continuity yes. as well. Yeah. Okay. And they recognize that. That's, that's something they feedback positively about. Mm. Okay, so Paolo, you work you know, closely mm. with this teaching approach um, when you do yeah. your PhD. Do you want to add anything in terms of kind of what you thought were some of the key benefits or um, any particular standout yeah. areas? Well, I think the, uh, the idea of, well, some of it's been covered already, um, the continuity is very important, I think, through the course, but also the students... Um, are able to take a critical approach to a theory or a week and how helpful is it to them in relation to their work so I think that they can say well this theory was wasn't that helpful to me in the context of this work at least um, but it, it, this theory is really useful and I can really build on this in my essay but they can also see that for other words because they're in the shared seminars that it might be useful for other students and other words and there's the, the interesting thing is that the students, there's a lot of participation possible in the seminars and, and between the students because they've actually got a different expertise and area of interest, so they have a natural talking point. In, an, in a normal course, everyone's learning the same stuff. There's a certain amount of competition as well about, you know, well, if I tell them that, they'll get the same grade as me. <laughs> in, in here, they, they they literally have a natural talking about, about something different, and they really want to share how they've applied the theories on a weekly basis to to, to their word and their specialism. Yeah, so, um, I mean, I don't know how much more we're going to 
you know, and I can talk about the, ve the, the very different type of students that I met when I talk to the students from this teaching style and assessment style. They were really um, taking their learning home with them. They really feel, felt like they were disciplinary experts compared to other um, case studies that I ran where they felt like students being sort of dragged through and through this narrow curriculum and in fact their curriculum was being narrowed because they were being told exactly what to learn whereas these students had a sense of ownership and agency about and a desire to learn more and more and spread out their knowledge and and and, and a logical like has been said you know continuity and relevance throughout of, of what was being presented on a weekly basis there's a few really interesting things i think that you've brought up there and you know for one thing it's about giving students ownership giving students ownership of their own learning and, and allowing them to have their own sphere in which they might be more of an expert than than the teacher um, another thing that I think was really good as well was you were talking about creating that kind of knowledge gap which is which is a great way to kind of stimulate discussion to to facilitate pair and group work and that kind of thing which is to actually ensure that the students know different things so they could give, be given different readings or given different topics to look at but then immediately they have something to share with each other and you can do a lot of peer teaching peer instruction um, and peer evaluation and and then what extends from that is another thing you mentioned which is this idea that actually you're then removing the sense of it being a competition to learn the same things yeah mm. and it actually becomes more synergistic because everybody knows different things and they're all contributing to the whole group learning. So yeah. I think that's really powerful. Mm. And was there something you wanted to add? Not necessarily add. I was just thinking about, you and I had some conversations when you were writing up your thesis about, could you take this and apply it, say, to, could you adopt a chemical? Could you adopt an mm. infectious disease? Mm. Could you adopt <laughs> a, a, you know, ethnic group? You know, could you, you know, well, that sounds a little bit funny, but, <laughs> but you know, could you adopt yeah. a, a political party? You know, what could, what else could you do with this in other fields? Yeah, sure. absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, every field has its topics and subtopics and and and, and people who are important. Mm. So I, I guess it could almost be applied to to pro pretty much any discipline. I mm. think I think it requires more imagination with some mm. than with others. That's but, true. But That's you know, true. and it depends on you know some fields have their accreditation and things like that but I think there are many possibilities. Lynn this might not be a question that um, you're prepared for but um, uh, is there a different type of teaching that you do as a result of, of this method because <coughs> what the way I was seeing it is if you've got your individual piece of thing like the word in this case mm -hmm. then you really what you're sharing in the lectures is theories which need to be applied to the word it's not just a list of facts it seems to me, because it's theories which mm -hmm. can, they can then apply. I mean, because it's first year, a lot of it's about learning the terminology of mm. the field. So, you know, we'll have a week where we're dealing with what's the difference between different kinds of meaning relation like polysemy and homonymy, which you don't need to know what those are, but you do mm. need to know that you can ask the question, is my word polysemous, is my word homonymous? And so I don't teach to the words at all. I teach the same thing every year in terms of general content. Um, but I might at times, you know, break from what I'm saying and say, and, and those of you doing slang, you need to think about this mm. particularly or something like that. Yeah. But in a way, Give it's a quite poke. nice because you're, you're kind of 
you're kind of forcing the students to develop skills of transferability mm. so that so that you're talking in general terms about linguistic theories and concepts and and ideas and, and they have to find a way to apply that to the specific yeah. topic they've been and then in given. the seminar they'll have some activities that they're all doing together so they've all been asked to prepare the same exercise that's not necessarily about their word because you need to have an exercise where you know what the outcome is yeah. for the students mm -hmm. before you set them off on something that might be impossible with their own sure. work. So they do some exercises that, you know, everybody doing the same. And then we try to make the space. I think we need to be a little bit better at this, but we also try to make the space for them to talk about, you know, what they found out about their word that week in relation to the topic. Great. Okay. So uh, did you find... I mean, we've, we've touched on it a little bit, but did you find there were any kind of challenges um, or, or things that you think, if someone else was trying this, like what, what would it be good to kind of warn them of or things that might be difficult? Mm. I think it's hard to s set an essay title for something like this. So what you have to do, I mean, we've got probably a 30 page booklet on here are things you could do mm. essays on for this. Um, this assignment and they have to do so many that have a star next to them to make sure they get concept, core concepts and they have to do um, ones on different topics but for each any of those we can't just say answer this question about your word because that might not be the right question to answer about the word so they're given a set of issues that they could explore and they need to create an essay structure and a, a research plan that will um, reflect that. That is a big jump for students at that level and you know who may be used to more, I need to tell you everything I've learned through my reading. So I think the, the challenges in teaching the writing skills, teaching the argumentation skills, which I mean, part of the reason why I teach the course the way I teach it is that I was trained in the US where you do have a first year writing module and I was explicitly trained in how to teach first year writing. So I don't think that everyone who's come through other systems is necessarily as comfortable with those aspects of the teaching as I am. So I think that's the challenge for some. Hmm. Okay, so that's yeah something that people can try to um, maybe anticipate or yeah, I think anticipating it to... is the big thing that that you can't just expect the good writing to happen. Mm -hmm. Great. I think um, one thing you bring up is, uh, and I think you brought up at the start as well, that this being a first year, first term module, it's an absolutely great opportunity for um, students, to introduce students to new methods of, of, of writing and research and um, critical thinking, mm -hmm. uh, which this course is able to, has been able to do really well. Mm -hmm. Um, because if you were to introduce a course like this in the second year or the third year, the students might not feel as happy uh, with it if they're sort of more used to more traditional teaching where there is um, a set curriculum and everyone's being going to be accessed on exactly the same thing. Um, uh, this really sets the bar differently and, and the students have come to the university expecting something new. It's very different, they know for their A-levels. Uh, and this show, and really, but quite often when they come here, they actually find it's not that different, and actually it's quite um, yeah. 
a lot of rote learning involved, whereas this really isn't. There's and a lot of self-learning and self and doing your own research. Yeah, and that so that definitely does set them up for the rest of the degree, and mm. sets them up for doing original research for the entire degree, which is great aid with avoiding plagiarism, um, just from a practical uh, yeah. uh, standpoint, um, but also just you know makes them less afraid to take ownership and, and more expecting of this is what I should be doing. I should be investigating something new not just repeating what other people have said before. Mm. I have realized what the big challenge is in teaching this. It is very time consuming. Uh, so we okay. always make sure that we've got two people teaching this module together because, because we um, do heavy, heavy feedback on their first drafts of their essays mm. um, before they do the second draft and then have this big portfolio to mark. And we have individual tutorials with them about these first drafts of essays. Um, that is hugely time consuming. Is not always evident because it's formative work. It's not always evident in our workload structure. Right. So that's the biggest challenge. Is um, mm. I always have to find a friend who's willing to come along with me and do mm. all this. Well, that's good. I think that's a good, it's a good tip in general. Actually, I think if you're trying to use a new teaching approach, it, it helps to have someone else on board who's kind of collaborating mm. with you. Um, and that's yeah, partly what what we can do as well as a department. But yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Um, and, and Lynn, when I did my uh, case study, uh, th there was peer review at that stage yes. as well. So that with their draft essay, mm. the students did a peer review of each other's yeah, essay. Yeah, I mean, it's, that is not always as effective as we want it to be because it's not something that students are used to doing, but I think it's important to get them doing it early. They get better at it as yeah. they go through the years. Um, but I don't... In our case, I don't find it a substitute for the doing the first draft and having the tutor's feedback. What I hope is that they have the tutor's feedback on the first essay, and then when they go to do peer feedback for the second essay, I tell them, you're not you, you're, you're the embodiment of me. So you don't have to tell your friend you don't like their essay, you have to say, I think Lynn would say that, you know, oh, this needs more of this, nice. you know, but... It almost gives them a mask that they can wear in order to give that I, yeah. in a non-threatening way, yeah, right? Yeah, that's what, that's what we try to do. But I think, they're, you know, they're not practiced enough necessarily to see the solutions or even to see the problems in, in their peers' essays. So it's, it's, it's good to get them involved in that process early on, but it's not a, I don't think it's a substitute for tutor feedback. Mm. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, okay, so what role do you think technology can play in the process? How can it kind of enhance this teaching method? Well, this year we've started using Mahara as our portfolio tool, which has been very nice because since the, I mean, I haven't talked much about the participation aspect of the module, but what they need to have for their portfolio in the end are marked up versions of the first essay, the final essay, so that's already four essays, um, a PowerPoint, possibly um, some other um, data collection tools and things like that. and. Just, just a lot of stuff. So it, it was too big to submit through the usual e-learning, um, e-submission route. It was too diverse. So now we've got Mahara. That's really nice. 
one thing I'm starting next year, which I haven't done yet, is because we have increasing numbers of students who are excused from having to give presentations in seminar, um, I've talked with student support about a new way of dealing with that. That, mm. I mean, we had a quarter of our students this year giving us one-on-one -on -one presentations instead of group presentations. And that was a huge time drain on us, but also took away from the seminars very, very much, because part of what they're supposed to be doing is contributing to the seminar content by presenting their work. And so then we find ourselves with, you know, 40 more minutes in seminar that we mm -hmm. thought we were going to have. So our, our solution for next year is to offer all students, um, regardless of um, reasonable adjustments, two options for doing their presentation. Either they can do a live presentation with a PowerPoint like normal, or they can pre-record a presentation. Right. So that they, you know, if you're pre-recording it, if you don't like it, you can change it, you can, you know, update it, but it has to be presented to the class. Mm. They don't have to do it in person, but they have to present it to the class so that the class gets the benefit yeah. of that work so on their work. it could be a word. video or... could be a video could or it could be a voiced yeah, yeah. PowerPoint, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, actually, that makes me think that there's quite a lot you could do with this thing of them having their own topic to sort of research because you could almost even give them wider scope than that, give them the freedom to maybe do it in a variety of formats so you know for example some students could keep a blog about you know almost like like, mm. like you've done yourself but yeah. keeping a blog about the topic that they're researching or you know other students could do a podcast mm. um other students could do a, a kind of vlog or a video series yeah. um so there's kind of i guess there's lots of ways that you could explore this teaching method using different kinds of multimedia absolutely right? have you got any thoughts about it paolo at all or? Well, no, I mean, I think there's some great examples. I mean, I'm a very, I mean, I'm a great fan of portfolios in general, and I think Maha is, uh, you know, is 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 a good portfolio tool compared to what we had before as well. <laughs> um, so it's really exciting that you've you've taken that up. I think the idea of people journaling their learn, doing journaling about their learning through mm -hmm. the course is a really nice idea, uh, so they can see progress. But also, it seems like a really something that you. You know that, that 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 is really nice to be able to contribute back, and to, because the students constantly want to be assessed, then yeah. you know yeah. they can be assessed by it. I mean, there yeah. seems. I remember there seemed to be some options about yeah. what what got assessed. I mean, obviously there were lots of methods of assessment that you mm -hmm. mentioned there, but you, there was also options for the students about what they submitted into their portfolio. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And in the so in the participation section, which isn't based necessarily on their word, there are extra exercises they could do for any particular week. I mean, things like when we do dictionaries, um, one of the things that they can do is to go out and find, you know how there are so many t-shirts and coffee mugs and now they have fake dictionary entries on them? So they can do a critique of one of those fake dictionary entries. So they can um, find, uh, uh, this, I did this in another module, um, find song lyrics with uh, prescriptive linguistic problems in them, you know, so, so somebody using wrong grammar or dialect grammar and, and analyzing that. So lots of things that they can be doing along the side. And one of those is to keep a blog that's a word journal mm. where they record the words that they're learning during term, not the vocabulary from the, the module, not the technical vocabulary, but just how words come at them and, and how 
their vocabulary expands through the term. And so that, I like doing that. A lot of students take it up because it is a way to help them connect what we're learning in class to just life. Yeah, because you'd be walking around, you notice things about language and yeah, yeah, and um, I really like that. And I think all these things we've been talking about in terms of technology as well, they're all kind of possible within Mahara because you can bring in this journaling tool, there's, you know, this, you can embed pictures, video and other stuff. Um, So if anyone at the University of Sussex is interested in using Mahara, they can get in touch with technology enhanced learning um, and we're happy to support that. So um, finally, uh, where can people contact you or or find out more about what you do? Is there anywhere online that people can find out about mm-hmm. both of you? Well, yeah, I mean, any, well, obviously I'll be working with the TEL team very soon. Um, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, but yes, um, you can find my, my name on the on the website and contact me anytime. I'm always interested in innovative projects and getting involved and seeing how we can take it forward um, with your ideas and also hopefully bringing out different ideas. But certainly when I'm working here, there'll be a team of people who can who can help us with that. Yeah, definitely. Um, one thing I wanted to add, Lynn, um, you, you did talk about the uh, challenge being the heavy workload, but um, I was wondering, uh, I mean, I know that teaching can be quite um, draining and soulless, you know, and you can get really, I've talked to teachers so disappointed when they've they've sort of done what they think is innovative formative assessments um, and then they don't get the feedback, the students are still sort of not going to the library and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but is there a certain amount of satisfac- more satisfaction, do you think, about taking this approach? Probably, probably, yeah. yeah. Because, well, for one thing, even though you're reading a lot of essays, you're reading essays you've not read before, you know, because they're all new, they're all about something that somebody else has thought about, you know, not you. Um, So there's that. Um, And I think, I mean, you've got the students who don't do as much participation, but there are enough that are really getting involved that it, it brings you along. Mm. Probably, I'd imagine that personalising it in that way probably motivates yeah. students more than when they're all writing about the same topic. Yep. Um, it's, it seems to me that it's a far more satisfying process and certainly when I spoke to the students they seemed far more satisfied and happy um, and engaged and really wanting to take on their studies and already in the first year, first term, talking about masters and how into linguistics they had become through doing this short, well, relatively short course. Yeah, that's great. So, so Lynn, where would um, people go to find out more about your work? Well, you can find me at the university website. My name is spelled L-Y-N-N-E, Murphy. Um, I also am on Twitter as linguist, L-Y-N-N-E-G-U-I-S-T. Um, it's a good and, Twitter handle. And it's also the <laughs> handle under which I blog, and I've got a blog called Separated by a Common Language, where I do essentially what my students are doing. I, I look at words in depth, particularly British versus American words. Yeah, and you wrote a book. Um, got a book coming the... out. Oh, right. Okay, so what's that, what's that book? <laughs> I've got a book coming out next month called The Prodigal Tongue, um, The Love-Hate Relationship Between British and American English. So yes, and I should also say, I also have a textbook called Lexical Meaning, which uses the Adopt-A-Word um, format as its exercises. Oh. It is pitched at a higher level than first year because most universities teach this at a higher level. But um, 
But if people, if, if there are any linguists out there who are interested, the exercises are in that book. Oh, excellent. That's really useful. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I understand that the book, The Prodigal Tongue, that's as a result of some kind of award or funding? That... I had a public scholar um, grant from the National Endowment for the Humanities in the US, um, which was very nice. Brilliant. Well, <laughs> congratulations. Thank you. It's great stuff. And thank you both for coming on the podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you.